Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Joining me in the studio is Lyle Shelton, formerly of the Australian Christian Lobby, now with the Australian Conservatives. Welcome, mate. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks, Matt. Now, a lot of people would have heard about you uh, in the media, over, particularly over the last 12 months or so with all the uh, the marriage debate going on. We're going to get to that soon. But firstly, I want to hear a bit of your personal story. Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born uh, here in Queensland mm-hmm. in a little tiny town called Wandai, uh, about 15 minutes drive from Kingaroy in the mm-hmm. South Burnett, Joe Bielke peterson country for, oh, yeah. for people who remember <laughs> uh, that great uh, political leader. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm one of the few people who have uh, on their passport place of birth Wandai. Wandai, there you go. And uh, your parents were farmers, I hear. Yeah, mum and dad were were farmers when I when I was born. They had a, a dairy and um, cropping farm at a place called Chelmsford, just outside of uh, Wandai, um, mm-hmm. just near Mount McEwen. That will mean nothing except <laughs> to South Burnett locals. Well, my wife grew up on a dairy farm and says that dairy farmers are the hardest working people. In the planet, because they have to work every day, even Christmas Day, even well, Easter. <laughs> well, I, I'm told that um, my mum would be milking the cows, and I'd be parked in a pram there uh, on the side <laughs> while she was doing that. I don't know where Dad was. <laughs> Probably off in the tractor somewhere. And then your dad got a call to a, to ministry after when you're about two. Yeah, hmm. he, he did. Um, yeah, mum and dad um, got went to some meetings uh, with uh, Clark Taylor, who who would be known to uh, many of your mm-hmm. listeners. Um, he founded the, the Christian Outreach Centre movement. And they were very impacted by that and um, ended up uh, feeling a call to ministry to become uh, pastors. And so they left the farm when I was about two and came here to Brisbane mm-hmm. uh, to Bible College, to Clark Taylor's Bible College. Wow, there you go. Yeah. And then uh, tell us a bit about your uh, schooling years. Were you right into it? Were you, were you a political analyst at school? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I was, I've was. i always been interested in politics, yeah. politics and religion, the, mm-hmm. the two subjects you should never talk about at dinner <laughs> parties. But um, Yeah, I, I went to Toowoomba Christian College. Um, so my, my parents founded a church in Toowoomba after Bible College, and, um, and that was uh, great going to a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And we're exposed to um, the, the issue of abortion, I suppose, is what got me interested in the whole political side of things because uh, we realised in the 1980s that uh, this was starting to become more and more prevalent and it happened because of political decisions and mm. it just didn't seem like this was the right thing for, for women and obviously for unborn babies mm. who had their lives extinguished. So, so that got me thinking that um, there's a real need for truth to be in politics and for people who are willing to stand up. So that, that was a, a key issue for me. Okay. And tell us a bit about your faith journey. Was there a conversion experience at a youth camp? You know, often <laughs> often when we, you go to a Christian school, it's at a youth camp. But what, what was your story? 
Yeah, it was probably even earlier than that. And, and I don't want to give your listeners the impression that I'm uh, some angel or anything like this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've uh, had my struggles and ups and downs and, uh, you know, y- your faith is, is, a, is a process and a journey. But I, I do remember as probably a six-year-old at a um, Christian convention in the kids' ministry there, mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity to, um, you know, make a commitment to Christ was given. I remember making a response then, mm-hmm. probably a few recommitments at different times, but probably, yeah, in primary school, very consciously deciding to be serious as I yep. could, yep. Um, although still, you know, a, a very naughty boy at different times. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I was serious about my faith, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, and and all through high school, I was just blessed to be with uh, a great group of other young people who came mm. for the Lord, and that that always helps. Yeah, wonderful. And what about after school? You uh, did journalism at uni. Yeah, I went to um, the local uni in Toowoomba, the University of Southern Queensland, um, studied journalism, loved that, um, really enjoyed learning the craft. Um, I ended up getting a job in uh, rural journalism, um, which was great for Toowoomba. I, I worked for um, Queensland Country Life. Uh, I ended up getting transferred to Melbourne and worked for um, the, the parent company, Rural Press Limited, um, as a syndicated writer with the Land newspaper and, and, and their other publications. And that was a, a great experience to cover the wool and the grain industry and commodity prices, industry politics. And um, and there was a lot of politics. I mainly covered farming politics, and that gave mm. me great exposure to, uh, for instance, people like John Anderson. Uh, when he was shadow agriculture minister in in his the early part of his career, he went mm-hmm. on to become deputy prime minister. But uh, you met a lot of those sort of people. Ian McFarlane, who was a prominent uh, cabinet minister in the in the Howard mm-hmm. uh, era, uh, he was the president of the Grain Growers Association. I learnt um, a lot about politics from um, reporting on Ian, interviewing him, and watching his career development. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, it's good to know a bit of your background, and you did get into politics at the Toowoomba City Council as well. Tell us about that uh, era. <laughs> yeah, um, I, after journalism. Um, I, Moved back to Toowoomba. I had a wife and um, we had our family in Toowoomba. And uh, I was working for my dad's church, felt a call to, to ministry. Um, I was the youth, pa- youth pastor there, but uh, couldn't shake the political thing. So after <laughs> after three years, I um, had a chat to the church board and they, they supported me in having a run for the local council. And, and I got elected, um, which was uh, a great um, uh, door opening that, that God opened and uh, I served on the council for six and a half years and again that was a um, great experience understanding local government and again politics and you know I was like a pig in mud I, I really enjoyed it there were some controversial issues on the go um, that the government was um, introducing legal brothels and, and causing local councils to have to approve those development applications mm-hmm. so that was a controversial debate that I got involved in during that time and I'll just uh, sidestep for a moment I know that there's been a lot of talk about Toowoomba becoming a porn-free city, and your sister's very much involved in that campaign. That is an amazing, um, you know, concept. Tell us a bit about how that all came about. Yeah, my sister Letitia is an amazing uh, person. So a lot of people think we're married. Um, she's my sister, so just uh, get that out there. <laughs> um, much to her annoyance. Uh, but yeah, she she runs a, a ministry called City Women, which is an umbrella group for a lot of uh, w- uh, ministries in the city, and they have a particular focus about trying to address the sexualized culture. Mm. Uh, do a lot of work in in schools, helping uh, young girls with self esteem issues who are really victims of um, the pornified culture mm. and uh, the expectations that boys and men have of them and uh, she's been a fearless advocate for that and uh, she's uh, managed to get the, the, the local mayor uh, 
Paul Antonio, who, who I knew from from my local government days, a uh, good man, uh, and he's come on board and and very courageously said, yeah, we want to have the aspiration of Toowoomba being a, mm. a porn-free city. So good. Wonderful. Now, tell us about your next step after uh, uh, being a councillor in uh, Toowoomba. Yeah, well, like, again, you know, local government, I thought, well, let's let's have a crack at state politics. And, and I joined the, um, the National Party uh, in about 2005, and uh, won pre-selection to contest a seat at the 2006 state election, one of the local Toowoomba seats. I missed out on that occasion, but um, good experience and no regrets with that. Um, but uh, I was out of a job after that. And um, so I ended up um, working for Senator Ron Boswell and Senator Barnaby Joyce for a period as a political advisor. Um, and uh, that gave me some federal government experience working as a staffer in the Senate. Um, but uh, I knew that that wasn't Tenable. I had my family in Toowoomba working in Brisbane and Canberra. And um, it was at about that time that uh, Jim Wallace, who was uh, at that time managing director of the Australian Christian Lobby, was looking for a chief of staff. So I went to work for him and ended up um, in Canberra uh, at ACL for, for 10 years. And, and they were terrific years where, again, I learned a lot and was able to grow under Jim's mentoring and uh, all the experiences that came our way there <laughs> during that period. <laughs> Jim is a great bloke. And uh, I remember interviewing him once and you know, he used to be a SAS commander, and I said to him, "Is it true that you could kill me with just a spoon?" He said, "Matt, I wouldn't even need a spoon." <laughs> no, <laughs> he's, that's he's right. a great bloke. He uh, just you, has to look at you. That'll kill you. Yeah, you wouldn't want to mess with it. No, but uh, yeah. a, a great bloke. And uh, so, tell us about that ten years uh, at uh, at ACL. Uh, as I mentioned before, the marriage debate was mm. definitely, you know, a, a climax in the last twelve months. Uh, what are what are what are the bigger other bigger issues before we get to marriage? Mm. What are the other bigger issues that you guys have tackled over the years? One of the mm. big issues um, we spent two years on this uh, where, um, when I was uh, Jim's chief of staff. Uh, the, the Charter of Rights issue, which which may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but it would have fundamentally changed the way. Uh, decisions were made in this nation. It would have taken power away from the parliament and given it to unelected judges through a, a, a charter. So we we fought that. Um, people like Bob Carr, the former Labor New South Wales Premier, was um, part of that sort of loose coalition. Um, that, that was a big issue. We've been involved in um, advocating for persecuted Christians, mm-hmm. um, particularly in Syria and Iraq, um, uh, euthanasia debates, uh, abortion debates, of course, you know, the human rights of the unborn, mm-hmm. uh, the whole range of these social issues mm. which are constantly under attack. Uh, we've been involved in, in all of those issues. Mm. And then, of course, the marriage debate uh, has really just uh, taken the spotlight in this last couple of years, and I've been wrapped up in it myself, mm. as you know. Uh, and I just love the fact that you have been uh, such a good leader in that. And, and you know, let's let's just cut to the chase here. It was a massive change uh, when, when that uh, plebiscite was announced. There was a massive swing towards uh, people saying, "You know what? We're not going to vote." Yes, we, we, you know, and and you were you were spearheading that. What are the numbers? I've I've heard some statistics about the number of people that changed their mind since the debate started. What, what was yeah. the drill there? Look, we think uh, as far as we could measure through the polling that was done, that about a million people changed their vote. Wow. So if you Recall um, all the the published polls would show you know seventy to eighty percent support for same sex mm. marriage. Uh, multiple polls showed that. Mm-hmm. Now we still lost the plebiscite, sadly, um, and uh, it was about a sixty sort of forty split, mm-hmm. you know, um, or sixty two thirty eight. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that that was a lot better than sort of an eighty twenty. Yeah. And, um, and so 
we think our campaign, whilst you know we didn't win, shifted about a million people. A million people. Um, a little less than five million Australians uh, voted to retain the definition mm. of marriage. That's a lot of people. It is. And uh, they were told during the campaign there would be no consequences to anyone else. Um, but you know we're seeing, um, as we predicted, uh, restrictions to freedom of speech mm-hmm. and freedom of religion. Um, all of that is broken now, and the government is trying to put Humpty back together again through mm. the Ruddock review, um, mm. a review of freedoms by Philip Ruddock. I don't think it's going to mm. achieve anything. I just don't think there is the political will to put in place the legislative protections for freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So these are, these are challenging days for anyone who wants mm. to stay true to um, the, the traditional and Christian vision of marriage, whether you're in a, in a Christian school or a Muslim school or you're a pastor or you're just an ordinary person who wants mm. to speak the truth, um, you're vulnerable now under anti-discrimination law. Mm. Well, the reality is it's been a very uh, tough time for you as well. You, you have been attacked left, right and centre on social media. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it, you know, even on, on TV programs. You know, you, you, you are constantly uh, barraged with, uh, you know, people... Uh, telling, to calling you a homophobe and a bigot and a hater and a this and that. Uh, I know you pretty well. We've known each other for years. You're a good bloke. You, you, you're <laughs> thanks, not, thanks, man. You're, you're, not, you're not out to, uh, to, to ruin anything. You know, to, if to, only to, the to people in the Twitterverse knew this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you constantly get labelled with this and, you know, a little bit like Fred Nile has been for years, for example, you know. Um, how do you cope with this criticism? Look, it doesn't really worry me that much, to be honest. You expect um, people who, you know, the, the bad guys to be the bad guys, if mm. I can use that term. Uh, look, a lot of these labels um, and slurs are just tactics to try and shut down debate. Mm. And, and to me, it says that they don't have an argument. If you can't mount an argument, then you call someone a name to try and intimidate them into silence. And I, I think we've just all got to, you know, push past that. Um, yeah. These are just intimidation tactics. And they've been working because none of us want to be called a bigot or a homophobe mm. in public. And, and it has caused a lot of people to go quiet, and um, I think we've got to push back on this. Yeah, absolutely. So, mate, you were with the Christian Lobby for years, and then the big announcement (laughs) recently that uh, you've decided to finish up there and join Australian Conservatives with Corey Bernardi, and which is formerly uh, well, they'd merged with Family First, yeah, basically, yeah, or taken over. You know, uh, tell us a bit about why you've made this decision. Yeah, it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really difficult decision, and it wasn't something I took lightly. I certainly didn't want to, you know, abandon ACL in any way. I'm very grateful for that organisation and the opportunities that um, the board there gave me, and 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 all of that. But I did feel. Um, in the second part of last year as the marriage debate was raging, as I could see where this was heading and the fact that politics had failed completely um, to preserve something as precious as marriage and and then failed to preserve freedom of speech and freedom of religion, I I just felt uh, a drawing towards the the partisan political side of the battle. We're fortunate that ACL uh, has a great team. It was never just a one-man band and um, there's a great new leader, Martin Isles, who I'm sure many people are already familiar with, um, he was willing to to step up and the board approved him. And I just felt that that was part of, I guess, confirmation for me that um, it was in good hands and there was an opportunity for me to perhaps pursue another part of the battlefield and that was with um, Australian Conservatives. And so I've taken, um, I suppose, a big step of faith um, and joined the party uh, with a view to helping build up the party organisation um, here in Queensland and, and also contributing to it uh, nationally uh, because I, I think we need um, a minor party presence like this that will help uh, bring um, conservative common sense uh, values that are based on the Judeo-Christian ethic 
uh, back into our political discourse because I, I just think um, the traditional conservative parties, the Liberal and the National Party, that as a group unit, um, they ha- have, have really lost their way. There's mm. some stunning individuals amongst them, but as a group, they were unable to protect mm. marriage and unable to te- protect freedom and unable to protect the most basic right of a child, and that mm. is to their mother and father. And the failure of our political um, system and parties to to protect the most vulnerable, I think, shows they've lost the plot, and um, that's why we need uh, a new political movement to try mm. and um, bring bring them back. And are you going to run? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> God willing, yes. I, I'm putting in my um, uh, nomination for a pre-selection uh, for the party, and obviously that's a decision for the party membership. But I, I hope they'll look um, favourably on 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 my. Nomination and, and should they do that? Um, uh, yes, I will. Mm, that's a very humble answer. I'm I'm really believing that uh, you are going to make some serious waves uh, in our nation because the, the the reality is you've been there. You've you've been on the cold face of the battle for many years. Uh, you know the way the system works, and you know the system's broken. Mm. And uh, I think we need something new. We need something fresh. So I'm I'm really excited about the move you've made, and I really believe that. You know, Christians need to engage and yep. speak up about these topics uh, because the reality is, like you said before, so many Christians are too scared to speak up because they've been attacked. Uh, but it's it's actually, I, I believe it's biblical that we stand up and speak out mm. for truth. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I don't blame anyone. Look, it's it's a very toxic and fraught environment there. And um it's really sad that it's got to this, that in a country like Australia where we do value freedom of speech and, and freedom of religion, that um, that there is so much fear mm. and um, we have to break through political correctness. We mm. have to break through this elite thought control that is dominating our politics in so many areas, mm. not just in the areas um, you know that we're talking about today, but uh, so many others. Um, and uh, if this isn't broken, um, I think our nation uh, is in for a lot of trouble. And I think we need a political movement that can help um, be a disruptor. Mm. And, and that's what we're looking uh, to do. You know, w- we have a democracy and, and that allows a contest for ideas. Mm. And, and it, it, it requires the participation of the citizenry. Now, if those of us who, who believe we have the truth, and I, I believe the truth is on our side, we need to advocate for that. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, lies are being put into our public discourse constantly and people are believing the lies mm. because they're just not hearing the truth. And it is a fight. I hate to use military metaphors, but the reality is we've got to fight now, not with guns and not with violence, but uh, it does require effort and it does require resolve mm. and um, it does require people awakening and getting into the, the battle. And, mm. um, and and it's got to the stage now where we, we have to take political action. We yeah. can't leave this to the political system. Um, mm. It's failing us. Whilst ever there's a participatory democracy, we, we must participate and get in the fight. And that's why, in, in my view, a vehicle like Australian Conservatives um, mm. is desperately needed at this point. And on a similar topic, uh, Safe Schools is teaching radical gender theory, uh, brainwashing kids, and it's amazing how much uh, this has gone on without, you know, Christians, you know, conservative people with conservative values speaking up against it. What, where do you think the battle's heading with Safe Schools right now? Oh, I think it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has been pushed back uh, in a number of states, but mm-hmm. the whole uh, gender queer theory, this this idea that gender is fluid, that is still very much animating the, mm. um, the education departments uh, right through the nation, uh, even if the actual curriculum has been put on the back burner in some places. For instance, in Queensland, schools can access it if they want to. Um, now, they should be told, look, don't, this is, this is, this is pseudoscience, mm. you know, don't mm. touch it. And again, I just want to say that I, I wouldn't 
I don't want to make light of, of anyone who might be struggling with mm. gender dysphoria. Uh, it's a real thing. But uh, we know from the science that if a child that's struggling with their gender identity, if they are left alone, um, by the time they get through puberty, uh, 85 to 90% of those children are going to be comfortable with their biological sex. Mm. But at the moment, we are telling children that they could be a boy or a girl trapped in the wrong body. And we have an epidemic of children presenting mm. at gender dysphoria clinics right around this country. And we have programs like Safe Schools saying the way to deal with that is for a little boy to wear a dress mm. then to go on um, puberty blockers, then cross-sex hormones. Now, these are dangerous chemicals that have side effects. Mm. Uh, and then ultimately uh, irreversible surgery uh, and, and recently the family court said, you know, well, we want to wash our hands of this. You know, let the doctors decide whether a, a, a an adolescent girl, uh, a minor, is allowed to have her breasts uh, surgically removed or, or, or genitalia altered. I mean, this is, you know, we shouldn't have to talk about this sort of mm. stuff on the radio, but this is what is going on now as mm. a result of safe schools, gender fluid ideology. Mm. And what's even worse, Matt, is is um, if we don't conform to this and, and go along and, and and call you know men identifying as women by their you know preferred pronouns. Uh, you can get in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. It's forcing speech in this area as well. Mm. Um, I, I just can't believe that we're even having these discussions at this moment. To me, this is this is um, one of the big issues that's confronting us, and that our political system has failed mm. uh, to address. Well, I'm so glad that you are speaking up on this, and that you are standing up and doing something about it. Uh, I think it's time for many of us to say, you know what, enough's enough. It's time for us to speak up, time for us to do something, and, and you're certainly doing that. Well, mate, we uh, pray for the Lord's blessing on you and that uh, many doors will open for you and that uh, God will raise you up for such a time as this to uh, to stand in the gap in this nation. I know uh, you and I have connected many times at the National Day of Prayer mm. and Fasting over the years, and uh, you know, really it is important that we speak up and stand out about these things. But it's also important that we pray for our nation. Uh, as we wrap up, Lyle, just tell us a bit about uh, the importance of praying for our country right now. Uh, and, and thanks for all those words. Look, um, I really obviously believe that um, our, our battle, again, to use those military metaphors, it's not against people or individuals. Um, I, I mean, I obviously believe there are spiritual forces that um, somehow interact with this world. I don't pretend how to understand that. But uh, as Christians, we know that as, as we pray, mm. uh, somehow God um, goes into battle for us in, mm. in the heavenly realms. Now, a lot of people will, will say that's all Christian mm. mumbo jumbo. But but you know, those of us who believe the Bible know that there is a spiritual reality, mm. and um, and that's where the real battle is. It's not it's not about pe- not about hating people or being against any any people. Um, so so obviously prayer is important, and I'd certainly um, appreciate the prayers of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I know so many prayed for us uh, last year during the marriage campaign, and we're mm-hmm. very grateful for that. Um, so if anything is to happen in this nation, it will be won uh, through the prayers of God's people, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully that'll result in um, in uh, changes. Uh, whether it's in politics or culture or whatever, that we see God's blessing uh, come upon our nation as a result of the prayers of his people and as a result of us taking action as God leads us. Well, Lyle Shelton, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining (laughs) us. (laughs) Thanks so much, Matt. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. 
You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station Sponsor.